Book Two, Chapter Seven of the Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Heavenly Twins by Sarah G. Book Two, Chapter Seven. Society in Malta during the sunny winter is very much like society of a London season only that it is more representative because there are fewer specimens in each class, and those who do go out are like delegates charged with a concentrated extract of the peculiarities and prejudices of their own set. When Evadne arrived at the beginning of winter, the rest of the party had already assembled. There were naval people, military, commercial, landed gentry, clerical, royalty, and beer. The principal representative of this latter interest was a lady whom Mrs. Guthrie Brimston called the Queen of Beersheba, because of her splendid habiliments, and this is a fair specimen of Mrs. Guthrie Brimston's wit. Evadne was received in silence, as it were, for abroad the question is not generally, who are you, as at home, but, what are you like, and how much can you do for us? And people were waiting till she showed her colours. She never did show any decided colours of the usual kind, however. She was not a beauty beyond doubt. Some people did not admire her in the least. She was not the same or nice to everybody, for she had strong objections to certain people, and showed that she had, and she was not, by way of entertaining, at all, although she did as much of that kind of thing as other ladies of her station but yet with all of these negatives she made a distinct impression on the place as soon as she appeared it sounds paradoxical but she was celebrated at once for her silence and for what she said and if it were fair to call mrs guthrie brimston counsel for the prosecution evadne might have been set up as counsel for the defence for it so happened that when she did speak in those early days it was usually in defence of something or somebody people principals absent friends or enemies, anything unfairly attacked. Generally, when she said anything cutting, it was so clearly incisive you hardly knew for a moment where you were injured. She did it like the executioner of that eastern potentiate, who decapitated a criminal with such skill, and with so sharp an instrument that the latter did not know he was executed and went on talking. His head remained in situ until he sneezed. There was one old gentleman, Lord Groom, whom she had disposed of several times in that way, without, however, being able to get rid of him quite, because his stupidity was a hardy perennial which came up all the fresher and stronger for having been lopped. He was a degenerated, ridiculous-looking old object, a man with the most touching confidence in his tailor, which the latter invariably betrayed by never making him a garment that fitted him, and he had begun by admiring Evadne, and had endeavoured to pay his senile court to her with the fulsome flatteries in the manner approved of his kind. But he ended by being afraid of her. His first collision with Evadne was on the subject of those low radicals, against whom he had been launching out in unmeasured terms. Why low? Because radical? She asked. I should have thought amongst so many that some must be honest men, and that nothing honest can be low. "'I tell you, my dear lady,' he replied, his temper tried by her word, but controlled by her appearance. "'I tell you the radicals are a low lot, the whole of them.' "'Ah, then I suppose you know them all.' 
she said, looking at him thoughtfully. The want of intelligence in the community at large was made painfully apparent by the stories of her peculiar opinions, which were freely circulated and seldom suspected. The Queen of Beersheba declared that Evadne approved of frightful cruelties which people inflicted on the nobles during the Reign of Terror, that she had heard her say so herself. What Evadne did say was, the revolutionary excesses were inevitable. They came at the swing of the pendulum which the nobles themselves had set in motion. And if you consider the sufferings that had been inflicted on the people and their long endurance of them, you would be more surprised to think that they had kept their reason so long than they should have lost it at last. Pour la populace, ce n'est jamais par envie d'acquitter qu'elle se soulève, mais par impatience de souffrir. But the French Revolution is an abstract subject of impersonal interest compared with the Irish question at that present time and the commotion which was caused by the misrepresentation of Evadne's remarks about the reign of terror was insignificant compared with what followed her when her feelings for Ireland had been misinterpreted. She gave out the text which called forth the second series of imbecilities during a dinner party at her own house one night, her old friend Lord Groom supplying her with a peg upon which to hang her conclusions by making an intemperate attack upon the Irish. End of Book Two Chapter 7